Welcome to WeAreTechnology.com's User-Friendly 2.0 with host Bill Sickens, Technology Architect. And this is User-Friendly 2.0. I'm your host, Bill Sickens. Welcome to this week's show. We're starting to have live convention coverage again. A little bit more of normalcy. Chaz is going to be joining us later to talk about a technology convention in Las Vegas. And we are going to Emerald City Comic Con, so we'll let you know all about that next week. Send us your questions and your comments, one user-friendly at Facebook, one user-friendly at Twitter. Also, on some of our stations on the on-air broadcast, we might get preempted for the last half of the show again. If that happens, just either check out the stream or our podcast. Either way, userfriendlyshow.com will get you there. User-Friendly Media Group is proud to support Toys for Tots. Please bring your new, unwrapped gift to the Sherwood Chamber of Commerce, located at 16273 Southwest Railroad Street, Sherwood, Oregon during normal business hours. Toys for Tots is sponsored by the U.S. Marine Corps. All gifts will go to children locally. For more information or a local drop-off location, please visit toysfortots.org. So what's in the news? It is possible to listen to live radio all over the world. Yeah, this Tell is, me about this. This is kind of a cool <laughs> thing. Listener sent in this website. And um, the site is called radio.garden. That's the whole name, Radio.Garden, no com or anything on it. Huh. Uh-huh. And it's basically a globe on Google Earth with all these green dots on it, and all the green dots are various radio stations from around the world. So if you want to listen to one, you would just click on it. Oh. And and then it gives you the live feed from wherever that is. And there must be 50,000 radio stations on that thing. Completely oh, that's free really to cool. use, just kind of fun. You know, Maybe. if you were a, um, a foreign language student, you could, you know, pick out a, an, a region and, and have your students listen to it. Because sometimes hearing the actual la- language spoken helps out. I can only imagine having this when I was trying to learn a foreign language. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Belgian researchers develop a solar panel that produces hydrogen. So these technologies are continuing to move along. And basically, this is what the headline says. And uh, we don't have enough time to get into the actual details on it, but it does produce hydrogen, something that's in a prototype right now, and I think something that we'll definitely see a lot more use of, because with alternative energy, being able to produce your own hydrogen would be a big thing. I, in fact, have something that I might be using in the near future here that would really benefit from that, come to think of it. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I think we're going to see this in a lot of of new technology. Lithium-ion batteries have plunged in cost by 97%. That's a lot. So what's what's the deal? A big part of what you pay when you buy anything is the research and development cost. Okay. So that's factored into the the price. So if you buy a $1,000 smartphone, 500 of that is probably profit to the various store and manufacturer. The other 500 is not what it actually costs to make. It might be 100 to make, and the rest is paying for the research and development to create it originally. Right. Hmm. So when you get up to production of scale, which is what this is called in the industry, the costs start to come down. Your materials are more readily available. Everything's ready to manufacture the item, and you're paying off the research and development. So a combination of all these things, we're starting to see a huge price drop on these batteries, which is actually a good thing because so many things use them. Now the next step is, of course, to figure out a way to get them to be able to easily be recycled. Yes. Um, Hopefully we'll get that pretty soon. But for right now, we are seeing this change. UNESCO members adopt first global AI ethics agreement to benefit humanity. So that sounds like something that comes right out of sci-fi. Kind of. 
You know, um, I think this is actually probably a pretty good thing. There's no standard for all of this right now. Yeah, and there needs to be. Because adoption of AI, we're seeing it in a lot of different things from personal assistants to the police departments using them. And if something is not reliable or doesn't work right or doesn't have any controls or regulation, you have things like identity theft, leaking of personal information, and other problems. So what does is, what is UNESCO stand for? What does UNESCO stand for? You're going to ask me a question like that? Oh, yeah. You know, I just don't like all of those weird letter things. So I just have to know, what does that stand That's for? That's something I'm going to have to get back to you on with an answer. Oh, okay. Uh, I thought maybe you were going to whip it up on the computer yeah, there while we were talking. I was trying. <laughs> <laughs> it is something I'll have to look up because, uh, it, you know, it's a term that I've heard so many times over the space of my life. I don't necessarily think of it as, a, as an acronym. Yeah, I, I don't think of it that way either. It's like a, it is an acronym, but it's like, it, it's used in so many things like World Heritage Sites, mm -hmm. UNESCO does those things yeah. too. I don't know what it means. So doing what you said and quickly looking it up on the internet while recording, it's the United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization. Oh, oh okay. that makes perfect and sense. I don't now. feel bad for not knowing that off the top of my head. No, I don't. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't think less of you for that either, Bill. That, that's a pretty odd one. Yes, I, I, I have to say so, you know, but uh, <laughs> there we are. <laughs> The new UK law will hit smart home device makers with big fines for using default passwords. Yeah, so this has been a problem. We've talked about it many times. You get all these great devices, but don't change the default password, and it's one, two, three, four, five, six, or the word password or something equivalent. And then you get hacked, and it's a huge problem. <laughs> yeah, and they need yeah. to fix that. They've needed to fix that for years. Yeah, and it's something that they really have done. Now, most of the better manufacturers have systems in place that when you set something up, you're required now to change the default password. So it's being handled, but a lot of them don't. And I think that's where the UK is going with this is a system to be able to require a change of the uh, password when the device is first set up. So, so in other way, words, instead of just suggesting that it would be a good idea, making it a have to good idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, like, in order for in order for it to work, you have to change the password. Right. There that was a, makes sense. There was a problem with this years ago with open Wi-Fi, and people would set yeah. up their Wi-Fi, and it would just be open, and they switched it around. Now, there isn't a rule that you have to secure your Wi-Fi, as far as I know, but they changed it so when you set it up, it was secured by default, and then if you wanted to turn the security off, you had to go through a process to do it. Now, 90% of Wi-Fi is secured. So, having this type of a situation in place makes a lot of sense. Hmm. A woman pleads guilty to using rentahitman.com <laughs> to try and kill her ex-husband for $5,000. Uh-huh. <laughs> can you see my eyeballs rolling? Uh, I can hear them from here. It's, I, I, when I saw this article, I wanted to figure out, you know, what? Yeah. Yep. I mean... Okay. I, I, guess I, this, the, I guess this really shows the age that we live in where it's not meet face to face with some some horrible person, but do it online where you can do it at a distance, you and know, anonymously. Yeah, I don't know about anonymously. I mean, you're tracked on the internet unless you take steps not to be. So yeah. a regular dot com website is hardly anonymous. Oh yeah. yeah, I know. I just, I mean, come on, rentahitman dot com. Yeah, I, well, I looked at the site, and I mean, there's some incredible stuff here. I mean, ex mercenaries might work well with this. I mean, not uh, only can you but hire. Didn't you, hmm? 
Didn't you say that it was a fake? It was like a fun for fun. Yes, it's it's totally it's totally fake. Tongue in cheek. Yeah. However, somebody actually did go on. That's the point of the story and try to actually hire a hitman, and for five thousand dollars, and they were tracking that. Yeah, she got arrested by the authorities for attempting to hire someone to commit murder. So, oh my goodness! I I mean, I I guess if you're going to have a website called rentahitman.com set it up to attract people who are doing it for really stupid reasons. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. It doesn't, it does. It, it was just odd. Yeah. And I just wanted to get it out there that, you know, if you're going to use a place like rent don't believe in it. It's not a real website. Well, it's not you know, real. there's other websites out there that are, are fake too. Yeah. Um, and knockoffs, like there's some that, um, uh, or close to a government's name, and yeah. it turns out it's you know adult stuff. <laughs> I don't want I don't want to say what it is, yeah, but, but I'll, t- <laughs> I'll tell you what these things. So, all right, well, moving along here, we are actually getting to go to Emerald City Comic Con this weekend. Yes, we are. That totally is news. Excited. In fact, we record a couple of days before, but if everything goes right while we're airing, while you're listening to us, we're going to be there, and we're going to bring you the highlights of the show next week's episode on next week's episode i can talk today really mm-hmm. and, and i'm hoping to post things on twitter while we're there yeah you we'll, know we'll, like photos yeah, yeah. Check, check out our, our uh, twitter feed because we're going to have the live stuff up there but it's going to be a fun one this has always been a good show and like Chaz will be saying when he uh, comes on to cover his show this week a lot of these trade shows are a lot smaller this year because of mm. covid but it's still going to be a lot of fun. And I think we're really looking forward to the ability to get out and actually do something again. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So, it's, you know, uh, this will be the first one that we've been to since um, the Wizard World in, what was it, February in Portland? Of 2020. Yeah. So it's almost yeah. a year. It's almost a yeah. year now. So, oh, no, it's over a year, isn't it? It has been over a year. Yeah. Or, or almost two years now, rather, actually. Yeah. You're right. So, uh, so anyway, so I've mentioned it before. Chaz will be covering in the next segment the Nevada Hotel and Lodging Association Technology Conference, Lodging Technology Conference in Vegas. And he's live down there, so we've got a great uh, overview of the show. Some of the stuff that's in there is really interesting. And he's going to cool. have an interview with their sponsor, so that's coming right up. So don't go away. This is User Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Have you seen him? He's from the Welcome back. This is User Friendly 2.0. Joining us live from Las Vegas, Chaz Wellington, who's at an inauguratory technology show. Say that three times fast. Chaz, welcome to the show. <laughs> Hi, Bill. It's good to be back. So where are you and what are you doing? Okay, I'm in the middle of Las Vegas at the Nevada Hotel and Lodging Association's inaugural technology conference. Right. Okay, all right. That's and this is being held at the Blackfire Innovation Center, which is a collaborative uh, effort of UNLV and Caesar Entertainment to spark innovations in, te- in the technology industry. All right, all right. So that all sounds interesting. So you actually have an innovation center specifically for uh, the, what the show is geared towards. And I guess Las Vegas is known as the entertainment capital of the world. So it would make sense that you would have resources like that there. And um, yes. so, so tell us about the show. It's a technology show, which is kind of cool, but it's specific. What do you Yes, have? well, 
it's sort of a turn from what we generally get, do is, you know, technology and, and security. Well, the hospitality technology aspect encompasses um, contact tracing, you know, how the rooms are set to better serve the guest. Um, examples of that is the company, fresh air, smoking sensors, uh, Vulcan anti-scale system for the water systems, you know, things that you wouldn't normally think about. But uh, interesting on the way in was the cell phone sanitizer, okay. which you just drop in, just like you would, uh, I suppose, when you insert your card into the slot machine, but of course it would be in a different direction. Right. And it sanitizes it, and it comes right back out. Okay. It takes about 10 seconds. But, you know, it, it, there's a lot of great companies here that's supporting this, which is Fortinet, um, Caesars Entertainment, LG, and, of course, the main sponsor, which is um, Volan Technologies. All right, so tell us a little bit about Volan Technologies. Yeah, Volan Technologies enables um, entities to implement contact tracing tracing measures right. while attending events. Okay. And, you know, it, it is really great. It gives the highest level of privacy possible while you're at events. And it can it has a device that I'm in fact carrying around with me now, uh, with the other people here that are attending, and it automatically contact traces you as you move throughout the event. Okay. All right, so that's interesting. Uh, so it's an extra mm -hmm. layer of safety with all this been going on. Yes. And you know, the sensors automatically disconnect outside of the area and there's no personal personally identifiable information. Um it does not have any access to personal information at all. So it's really a great, um, uh, it's a really great thing to have at your events that requires such things. Yeah, I know a lot with the special events are, um, you know, there's a lot of new things that have to be taken into consideration just because of the disruption from COVID. And you're dealing with the hospitality industry. I can see where something like this would be incredibly important because outside of just COVID, running a hotel, you know, at least a good one, even a not so good one, you still have a lot of things to take into consideration that go above and beyond what you might see. And dealing with tech is going to be a big part of that, like anything else in this day and age. So tell us about, so I know before we started recording, you were talking about a robot that was rolling around. Oh yeah. It's really interesting. It's a robot by LG and it's it's moving about the area with uh, pins. It's got three three trays uh, on the back of it, and it's called the LG Chloe. Okay. And it's really really awesome. You can stop it by standing near it, and you can press pause and then press resume to have it continue when you're finished getting your items. Uh, so it's really neat technology. And I'm I'm testing to see how far away I have to be from it before it begins moving again. And I'm, I'm, I'm guessing it has some type of timer. So there we go. I stepped about six feet from it, and three seconds later, it started moving again. Now you're hearing about these things coming out. I know Amazon has an Alexa robot that's coming out uh, about $1,000 for that one pretty soon. So it looks like we're starting to have droids. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or not, but uh, <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> out there. Yeah, All right, so some, some of the other things I've seen just you know dealing with uh, accommodation – is things like they have these uh, touchless systems for checking into the hotel where you can do it all from your smartphone and that type of a thing. Is this type of an event something that would handle that type of technology? It, it certainly would. I, I've not located the booth for that, but I'm sure it's here. And they, they it would this event would encompass that type of technology, yes. Right. Okay, cool. All right. Is there anything else you want to tell us about the show? 
Uh, no, just that it's a very successful event, um, very well uh, planned and put together, and I'm excited about being here. All right, sounds like a plan. So, Chaz, I know you're going to have an interview for us coming up here in the next segment. And um, so we'll go ahead and head towards that a little bit here in a minute. I've got one other question that I want to ask you. Now, you've gone to a couple of uh, on-site shows uh, uh-huh. since the pandemic. I have not. I'm going to have my first one coming up here, actually, uh, while we're airing this weekend. What do you think of them? Are, what, what Overall, what is the biggest difference that you're seeing with now versus pre-pandemic trade shows? I just see uh, the differences, the, the atmosphere, the difference in being comfortable, um, the, the lack of, of fear of interacting. Um, I, that would be the biggest thing. Uh, the, everyone's just so much more relaxed. Okay, so people feel safe on site. Now, do you think the attendance overall is smaller? I think you've said that in the past. I, I think from this point forward, it will be... Uh, back to about 90 to 95%. Okay. All right. So that's, I mean, that's pretty close to what it was before. So, yes. you know, from that standpoint, uh, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of cool. All right. So in hospitality, what do you think is, do you, do you see a, something dis- disruptive coming out of this? What do you think is the next big thing? Um, I would say the next big thing would be the rooms encompassing uh, more uh, AI and more, uh, 3D technology. Okay. Um, there, in fact, is a booth at the other end of this uh, conference that had what looked like a mirror, but it was actually a screen, and it, it has a 3D uh, uh, vision. Vis- when you look at it, it's hard to explain. It's not yeah, necessarily a picture. I can imagine. It's more, not necessarily a video, but it is 3D. So, like holographic, would that be a term for it? Or? It would be holographic. Yes, I would say holographic. I'm looking at it now. Yes. Okay. Oh, well, that sounds amazing. Um, 3D technology. So, have that in your in your room next time you're there. And what about AI? What do you think AI is going to do? I think that AI will uh, be more of an assistant to the the guest in the room. Uh, I believe it will be more of a uh, helpful type item rather than uh, business. Wow, that's that's amazing. Well, you know, everything's changing and there's no reason to think that any vertical would be, you know, exempt from that, nor would you really want it to be. So it'll be kind of cool to see some of this new stuff. I remember back a long time ago, I was visiting Vegas and Caesars Palace had these uh, 3D light effects in their suites. And at the time, that was just the latest, greatest technology and, and we really had a lot of fun with it. So seeing what they do going forward is going to be kind of cool. All right, Chaz, thank you for now. We'll join you after the break for uh, your floor interview. All right. Sounds good, Bill. Thanks. This is user-friendly. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. We're going to go live to the floor of the technology conference Chaz and I were just talking about to talk to some of the vendors. Hi, Bill. We're back here uh, at the inaugural technology conference uh, sponsored by the Nevada Hoteling and Logic Association in Las Vegas, Nevada. And I'm here with Amanda Roberts, Chief Operating Officer for Noble Intelligent Mirror Solutions. And she's going to tell us about her company and their product. 
thank you. So Noble Technologies is a Canadian technology company focusing on hardware, software, and analytics. And we have created a hospitality experience, an in-room guest experience, lobby, and then operations and maintenance experience. So functionality for the in-room guest experience would be the ability to book tickets uh, and events right from interacting with the mirror. We're working with Visa to do a tap to pay functionality to pay for your tickets at the same time. Make a spa appointment, check out, extend your stay. The lobby experience has a built-in camera in, built into the hardware. So there is the ability to take a selfie, upload it to social media, Instagram for example, uh, directory for the resort, and as well book restaurant reservations, and even shop at uh, local retailers. And lastly, the in-room operations is the management of the back end uh, for the hotel operator. So this could connect to heating and cooling systems, housekeeping, lighting, restocking, confectionery or toiletries, um, and the ability to tie this into systems to allow operations to know there's a maintenance issue in the room. Wonderful. All right, I appreciate your time, Meta. And earlier in the show, we uh, discussed the fact of AI coming into play with advancements in hospitality technology, and this answered the question. So, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Chaz. Thank you. Uh, we're back here at the inaugural um, technology conference uh, sponsored by the NHLA in Las Vegas, Nevada. And I'm here with Michael Batua. He is the CEO and co-founder of Volan Technology, and he's going to tell us about his and their product. Thank you, Chaz. Hello, everyone. Yeah, so uh, what Volon Technology has created is what we call a people positioning analytics platform. And what that means is companies use it to identify ways to um, uh, reduce labor costs, but also improve worker safety and worker productivity. And at this particular event, NHLA is using Volon for a safety element, which is contact tracing. And the way the technology works is uh, there's a, we built a new micro-location technology that passively and anonymously collects uh, the movements of people throughout a property like this one, or throughout a hotel or a factory. Um, and then there's a second part, which is an analytics engine that analyzes that information and those patterns over time so that operators of factories, hotels, etc., can identify patterns that might be inefficient, that could be improved. Uh, or identify exposures of people who were in the same room as an infected case of COVID. So the same data, location data, and over time is really used in lots of different ways. Wonderful. All right. So what do you foresee in the future for Volan Technology and any advancements in the product? Sure. So, you know, we've been getting a lot of traction in industrial companies, industrial automation. Um, as everyone knows uh, probably too well, there's a real sh uh, shortage of labor. And so we're getting a lot of companies who want to better optimize existing labor force by analyzing, for example, inefficient routes of security guards or at warehouses, inefficient routes of pick and pack people to say, well, if we move the raw materials or the, the equipment here, we can save 50 man hours a, a month of time just by having a more efficient route. And that data, that the visibility of that has not been available uh, to date. And that's what we see for Volon is helping companies not only 
better optimize their existing labor force, but really keep them safer. And from a safer standpoint, Chaz, besides contact tracing, the way other companies are using it is in a predictive nature. So for example, we have an airport customer using it to identify if construction workers in FAA secured zones are veering off into areas where they should not be. And it sets off an alert based on the movement of that person approaching an area where they shouldn't. So airport operations can intervene. And, and it might be a dangerous situation for the worker, or it might be somebody just, you know, look, just got lost, you know. Outstanding, so. wonderful technology. And thank, uh, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much, Chess. You have a great day. Me too. This is User Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User Friendly 2.0. A question that we get asked a lot has to do with passwords. And this is something that we've covered over the last years that we've been doing the show many times, dealing with all of the restrictions and rules that you should go by to keep your passwords secure, with having many digits and the different numbers and letters and all the other stuff that you do. But the reality of the situation is, is password technology is something that's just really obsolete. And with most computer technology, we see a change in what we use year to year, sometimes day to day. However, passwords have been use, in use in the same way that they are now since the 1960s. The first time that I could find a password being used was actually in 1964. That seems to be when all of this started. And a username and password combination has been something that's just been kept and something that we still use today. The problem with it is, is they're very easy to bypass. And even with a secure password, one of the issues that we have is the average person has about 90 online accounts, and having to have a different password for each one of those accounts is next to impossible to keep secure. Now, Jeremy and Gretchen, I know you guys use passwords just like everybody else. What's your yeah. feeling on this? It's getting kind of frustrating, you know, having to change my password every few weeks to every couple of months or whatever. But, I mean, I have a book, and I have some whiteout, and I write it down. Right. But, but you can't take you can't take the book with you everywhere. No. You know you don't want to lose that. It's like losing your wallet, and um, it can it can be frustrating. I know with these things, one of the solutions that they've tried to come up with and use in a lot of places is two factor authentication. And what that is is where you enter a password and then have to have a second way to authenticate yourself. That could be a question that you should know the answer to that others wouldn't. That can be using something like a device like your phone to authenticate the login. That could be something like sending a text message and getting a code. Those are all forms of two-factor authentication. The problem with that is there's no standard to it. Everything seems to be a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's a thing I've noticed a lot. You know, so across the board, it's like you do it one way on one website, and it's a completely different process on another. So there's a new technology coming online that's being developed by a lot of the big guys, Google, PayPal, Apple, and a lot of other big names called Fido. Hmm. And uh, this, woof, woof. Woof, woof is right, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think they wanted something that uh, you could remember. It, it is an acronym. It stands for Fast Identity Online, or Fido. So it actually kind of makes sense. And what this is, is the idea to create a standard for dealing with authentication to websites, and they're looking at a couple of different ways of dealing with this. The first time that you encounter this, and as long as this gets into actual use, you will encounter it, 
It's going to feel initially like two-factor authentication where you still have a password, but you're dealing with uh, some other situation like your phone is a security key. But this mm. takes it a step further and actually creates physical security keys. Is now, it like a dongle? Like a dongle. Now, this technology in of itself is nothing new. It's been around for a long time. Uh, from everything from unlocking software so it can't be pirated as easy to storing passwords, LastPass, and some other softwares like it do this. But this is one that takes it a step further. The key plugs into a USB port. So they make them so that they're USB-C and will work with your phone or with your computer. And then a lot of them have a fingerprint reader on the on the key. So that you're <laughs> using a form of a combination of the hardware and the biometrics, those two uh, methodologies to authenticate. And then you don't have to deal with a password at all. At least that's the direction this is going. So it wouldn't be in addition to this would replace the password. So huh. you know, I think something like this, it has its pluses and its minuses. One of the big concerns that I thought about is what happens if you lose your key? Yeah, well, that's, that's really another question in and of itself. But the next thing is that how secure is the fingerprint reader? Because we've seen on several different TV shows, you can hack those really, really easily. Yeah. And what about like like uh, malware put on your computer to designed to read this FIDO thing? Yeah, and all of that will be absolutely something that the bad guys are going to attempt to do. Yeah, you can bet mm -hmm. on it. Oh, yeah. With the amount of money that's being dumped into producing this thing, I think they are probably going to be taking, uh, I would hope they're going to be taking a lot of that into consideration initially. I know looking at the encryption, that it uses a similar encryption technology to what's used on the chip credit cards. And so far, that seems to be very strong. I haven't heard of any big instances of credit card theft with the chip cards. And the way that that works is the chip actually produces a unique encryption key every time it's used. And why that works is because if the card information is stolen from a skimmer or something afterwards, and uh, first of all, it's encrypted, so it's much more difficult to even get to it. But let's say that you're good at that and you, you break in. The key is different every time the cards run. So the oh. information you have wouldn't work again. That's okay. kind of cool. So, so that kind of a, uh, of a protocol, I think, would be something that we would be seeing in this type of technology. And, um, the, you know, as far as the fingerprint reader and all that kind of stuff is is concerned, you would need to definitely make sure that you're securing all of your hardware devices. Because one of the problems with biometrics is if that information gets stolen, you can't change it. Right. The other thing they could do is, I guess, would be to randomly select a finger to use to, to for that, that uh, transaction. Yeah, something like that would work too. And, uh, you know, so I think we're going to see some technique to this that uh, might be unique. But I think on the same token, a lot of those kind of concerns will be taken into consideration. And then as far as losing the key right now, the advice they give us is to have a backup key. <laughs> so just like you yeah. have two keys to your car. Yeah. The, yeah. the one bummer from this is going to be is if you don't have your key with you and you're trying to log on remotely, you know, uh -huh. you're not going to be able to do that anymore. That functionality will no, no longer work. Uh, they are wanting to use phones as a backup key. So a lot of us carry our phones most of the time. So that would probably work around that. But hmm. um, definitely, it's not going to be as easy as just being able to punch in a username and password. But if we can stop the identity theft and the financial theft and everything that's coming from all of this stuff, maybe a solution like this is is going to be out there. And I think it is definitely necessary to get something better. Would you They're buy gonna, this? It, I don't know. It's going to take a little bit. I wouldn't. I wouldn't try the first generation. Maybe second gen. Okay. Yeah. Just, yeah. You know, they get all the bugs worked out. <laughs> 
Yeah. And I don't know. I, I'm always worried I'm going to lose something. It's like losing your wallet. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's, yeah, the, that's pretty intense. That's the concern. Now, companies like Microsoft are also supporting this. So they're wanting to build some of this tech into the operating system, Apple too. So I don't know, maybe it will be pretty seamless. One can only hope, right? So yeah, exactly. But we'll keep you updated on it. I do think something like this is the future of passwords. This is user-friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. Well, you know, after hearing Chaz at an event, I we talked about it when we opened, but I am really looking forward to our Emerald City. Again, while we're airing, we're going to be there, so we'll cover this on next week's show. Check out our Twitter feed, One User-Friendly on Twitter, to get the live updates. Send us your comments. I don't know. Are you guys looking forward to it? Yeah. I'm like, part of me is like scared to death, like, Last minute, they're going to say, no, you can't go. You know, and it's like, no, I really want to go. <laughs> well, yeah, we had we had to do all kinds of stuff to get ready for this. And now we're ready and we're going to oh. be leaving and we're going to go. And-, and an important factor is that if you're going to this event, you need to make sure that you have all of your uh, COVID documentation or your um, your test done. Yeah, so there's an app called Clear that they're using. So if you're going, download that. It's free and you load it into the app to get everything pre Arranged. Now, my understanding is you can also bring your card, mm-hmm. but it's going to take longer to check in. So the streamlines it a little bit more. And if you you don't have to be vaccinated to go to the show, but if you're not, you do have to have a negative test, 24 hours on the one where they don't stick the Q-tip in your brain, and 72 hours on the one where they do. Is my understanding. <laughs> check their website for the details on all of that. And if you're vaccinated or you have the long-term one, you get a wristband that says so. And then mm-hmm. if you have the short-term one, it's every day, so you would have to go back and get recertified, I guess. But um, outside of that, it's interesting because Emerald City was the one that got canceled two days before when the disruption from COVID started. So it's almost like we're picking up where we left off. Yeah. Yeah. So I, think I can't wait. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. I think that's going to be pretty <laughs> cool. So just make sure you pack the masks, hand sanitizer, uh-huh. and, and take the precautions. You do have to have masks on site. It's a little bit of a bummer for cosplayers. But right now, that's the trade-off, and I'd prefer to have the convention any day of the week. You know, yeah, over over uh, over dealing with that. Things. It's not. It's not like they're making you wear sunglasses that you can't see anything. Exactly. So. <laughs> exactly. So it just it is what it is, and a lot of creative people have been making the masks part of their costumes. But you do have to be able to tell all the time that you're wearing a mask, which means I can't bring the Wookie out because the head you wouldn't be able to tell. You know. We'll just put a mask on the Wookie. So there, there you are. <laughs> put a mask on the Wookie. That'll do it. So I understand we've got a new series out, Hawkeye. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, it's a, another animated character. He's the Avenger with the bow and arrow. And this is a, um, instead of having a movie, they're doing a series. And it's what happens when someone gets a hold of the suit Hawkeye was using during the last movie where he was the mercenary killing people. The ninja? The ninja. Or was the Ronin. Ronin. Okay. And um, somebody gets a hold of that. And then he has to try and figure out what's going on. and. It's going to be fun because there's, you know, bow and arrow and his sardonic wit. Yeah, like, I like him. I don't know why. I it's just a, do. It, he's a good character. Okay, so, you know, on that, I don't know if the series has started or not, but when it does, I'll check it out and we'll give it a watch. 
So until next week, this is User-Friendly 2.0, keeping you safe on the cutting edge. User-Friendly 2.0, copyright 2014 to 2021, User-Friendly Media Group, Inc. The views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the host and not necessarily User-Friendly Media Group, Inc. or this station. Music licensing by BMI. Hosting provided by wearetechnology.com. Podcast available at userfriendlynation.com, theanswerportland.com, or anywhere you listen to podcasts.